from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi there. My name's Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Some Like It Hot. Sugar, what do you think you're doing? I told you, I'm not very bright. Number 22 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this boop-boopy-doop old film. (laughs) Emphasis on boob. Boobs. If you like this podcast, (laughs) please rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app. It really makes such a difference, and we do appreciate it. Also, we're all over social media. Plug in it early on in case you never make it to the end of our episodes where we do talk about it. At Tossed Popcorn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clash. Please give us a follow if you care. Sienna, uh-huh. what did you know about this movie going into it? I didn't know anything. Perfect. I I didn't think. Oh. Well, let's just take a look at our predictions, shall we? Let's shall. Here is Sienna's prediction for Some Like It Hot. Hi, Liana. Sienna here. I'm watching Some Like It Hot, Hot, Hot. <laughs> I have not seen this film. I think it's going to be Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those movies where the name doesn't mean anything. It's just sort of like a fun, zazzy <laughs> energy to get people to come to the theater. More like jazzy. It's going to be Marilyn Monroe. She's going to be a dancer or model mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be lots of ladies 
and they're gonna sing to a couple of men <laughs> who have a plan. Oh my god! That has to do with business. Whoa! And that's some like it hot. I I got pretty close, huh? Yeah, I think I was aware that it might have been a Marilyn Monroe one, but the rest of that is just what every old movie is. I was going to say, like, most movie is two men who yeah. sort of try to do business. And then there's, like, women around them. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's one that you know there's a famous woman in, it's like, well, there's probably a lot of women because mm-hmm. she's probably one woman in a lot of women. And- yes. And they're like, wow, look at that woman compared to all of those women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Sienna, here is my prediction okay. of what I thought this movie would be. Good morning, Sienna. It's Liana. I'm about to watch Some Like It Hot. Oh, <laughs> I don't know anything about this except that Marilyn Monroe is in it. I imagine it's going to be about a woman uh-huh. who has to talk to men. Uh-huh. And maybe it's the... Oh, ooh, if it's a musical, that would be nice. Okay, fingers crossed. Love you, bye. Again, pretty dang good. Kind of got it. Kind of got it. Toss popcorn. We kind of got it. <laughs> Liana, had you um, seen any movies with Marilyn Monroe before? No. Neither had I. Oh, my God. I feel I have consumed or or been presented with so much Marilyn content. Uh-huh. I did watch all of Smash. I, Smash, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is the thing I was thinking about the most these past couple days. Yeah. May I rest in peace? <laughs> I was thinking about Smash a lot. Too. Justice for Smash. <laughs> So that I very little I'd never seen Marilyn. Yeah. Sort of like move. I guess I I'd, I'd seen there was one movie where I think she was a model that I saw in the background a bit. Oh. But yeah. I had not sat down and watched a Marilyn Monroe movie that was so Marilyn forward. Yeah. I've seen people play Marilyn, but I've never seen Marilyn until now. Mm-hmm. With some like it hot. Hot, hot, hot. hot. Sienna, would you care to deliver a spicy, spicy summary of this toasty toasty film? I would love to. Some like it hot. Two broke musicians witness a bootlegging-related crime in Prohibition-era Chicago. I actually didn't mean to start doing this. That was really good. Was it? I think so. Thank you. Now they need to skip town and make money, so they decide to hit two birds with one stone by disguising themselves as two broads in one band. The two men, played by Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, dress up as dames to join an all-female band and head out to Florida, becoming especially close with their bandmate Sugarcane, played by the legendary Marilyn Monroe. Yay! Hey, save it for my phone notes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That is the entire score of the film. Sounds like a hat. <laughs> Every time Marilyn walks on. <laughs> <laughs> the instruments can't stay, they can't stay tame when, when they see Marilyn waltz onto the ass first onto the camera screen. <laughs> well, Liana, you seem to have implied to me that you spent quite a bit of time on the historical context. Yes. And when she says implied, she means I texted her earlier and said, sorry for how long I'm going to talk <laughs> during the historical context. There was so much to cover. Okay. I have, I have no idea what you're going to tell us about. I'm very excited. Some Like It Hot, the 1959 film. As Sienna mentioned, a lot of cross-dressing, a lot of mistaken identity in this movie, which is a tradition that goes back to Shakespeare. Twelfth Night. Yes, heard of it. Okay, 
Here we go. I knew it would happen on some episode, and now it's happening. We got to talk about the Hayes Code. Finally, I was. This movie was blowing my mind mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. code. Mm-hmm. The Motion Picture Production Code, also known as the Hayes Code, was in effect from 1930 till 1968. It was originally created by Postmaster General Will Hayes, and it was a list of 36 don'ts and be carefuls. <laughs> About what you could do in film. <laughs> a more British time. Oh, be careful. I, well, I wouldn't. Uh, but post-World War II, we were seeing more nudity in foreign films. And then there also French. was competition in the television realm of like family-friendly programming. So U.S. film was like, we got to do something. Mm. We got to get those tits out here. <laughs> this film, Some Like It Hot, was released without a certificate of approval from the Production Code Administration. That is clear. Mm-hmm. And a quote from NPR states that a year after Some Like It Hot was released, the head of the MPA, Motion Picture Association, began suggesting that some sort of classification system might work better than a censorship system that no one was paying attention to. In 1968, his organization finally shifted from restricting filmmakers to alerting audiences using the film rating (gasps) system we know today. That is so interesting. Thank you. (sighs) Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. So this film really was sort of the beginning of the end for the Hayes Code because they completely ignored it and audiences were like, yes. I forgot they could just break the rules. Yeah. Like, how did this get through? Oh, they just didn't do it? That's white men for you, baby. Dang. The Catholic League of Decency. Hello. (laughs) Condemned this film for being, quote, seriously offensive to Christian and traditional standards of morality and decency. (laughs) The movie was fully banned in Kansas. (laughs) informative to me about Kansas. And all of that kind of tells you this movie was ahead of its time in many ways, specifically regarding gender expression, gender roles, and sexual freedom, particularly for women. To put that in a bit more context, during this time in 1959, uh, LGBTQIA plus identities were still pathologized as psychological illnesses in the DSM. Homosexuality wasn't declassified or removed from the DSM until 1973. So this was 14 years before that was going to happen. Also, there was something called the Lavender Scare. Do you know about this? No, I don't. I don't think I really knew about this. Similar to the Red Scare, which was fear of communism, this was from the late 40s through the 1960s. Thousands of gay employees were fired from or forced to resign from the federal workforce because of their sexuality. So there was a ton, a ton of homophobia in the country at the time, as there still is today. But that also just gives you a sense of truly how progressive this movie was in some ways. Yeah. Now we must discuss prohibition. (laughs) The 18th Amendment was ratified in 1919 and went into effect January of 1920. It banned the manufacture, transportation, and sale of intoxicating liqueurs. Because of prohibition, there was a lot of bootlegging. There were speakeasies up and running where people could go to drink in sort of secret and have dancing and music and fun. And gangs. The mob flourished during this time. Which brings us to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. February 14th, 1929, Chicago's North Side. Seven men associated with Irish gangster George Bugs Moran are shot to death by several people dressed as policemen. It was done in a way that is similar to the way it happens in the movie, which is meant to be the fictionalized version of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in a garage 
standing in a line against a wall, murdered by firing squad. Wow. I am, A, that is so interesting. B, I was like, this is so brutal to just Mm -hmm. toss in here. Mm -hmm. Makes more sense that it was supposed to be a big moment. Yeah. And referencing an actual historical event. Yeah. Al Capone was thought to have been responsible for this, but was never officially linked. And these were never solved. No one was ever charged for the murders of those seven people in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And they never found the two witnesses scuttling off with their large instruments? Yeah. (laughs) Famously, (laughs) two men in drag appeared in Florida mere days after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. (laughs) Okay, everyone. You knew what would happen. And here it is. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, baby! She lived from 1926 to 1962. She was born Norma Jean Mortensen in 1926, and she spent her childhood in foster homes because her mom had schizophrenia and was institutionalized. And so Marilyn, Norma Jean, went through the foster system, and it was horrific, like traumatizing assaults, like very, very, very tough childhood. I did Um, not know that. Did Smash mention that? Smash, I don't think, answered most questions about Marilyn. What? They were kind of like, she's hot. She had baseball. White dress? Smash. Her career got started because Marilyn was discovered by a photographer in Los Angeles and then started modeling based off of those photos. She signed her first studio contract with 20th Century Fox in August of 1946. Soon after that, dyed her hair blonde and changed her name to Marilyn Monroe. In 1953, the film Niagara is sort of what propelled her to stardom. She had smaller roles in previous films, but that was the one that really kicked things into gear. In 1954, she marries Joe DiMaggio, the baseball boy. And on their honeymoon, they were honeymooning in Japan. And she was like, I'm actually going to jump over to Korea really quick to perform 10 shows in four days for 100,000 U.S. troops, (sighs) if you don't mind. Joe refused to go with her which was an early days warning sign that that marriage was not meant to last, and they did divorce nine months after the wedding. A couple of years later, Marilyn had moved to New York to study acting at the Lee Strasberg studio. Then in 1956, she started Marilyn Monroe Productions, which was her own production company, and they produced a few films that she was in. In June of 1956, she marries Arthur Miller, who was a playwright. They divorced in 1961. And Marilyn died of a sleeping pill overdose in August of 1962 at the age of 36. There's a ton of like mythology surrounding Marilyn because she's become this legend. And her the early image of her like during the 50s at the height of her career was like this dumb blonde who was a complete like sex symbol, Uh bimbo type character. But the lasting image of her has become this tragic figure mired in rumors and pressure and patriarchy and bullshit and all of the hardships that she had to face. And I was actually reading a Vanity Fair piece that came out a few years ago, I think, that was like, y'all, we found her journals. We found them and here they are. And I had to stop reading it because I was like, I don't know. That feels too personal. Uh I didn't like it. It felt very invasive, particularly like for talking about a woman who the public eye was on so much and like we already like had invaded her life in so many ways. It felt very, very, ugh, I don't know, ick to posthumously publish her like private journals and writings and like notes from her therapy sessions and poems that she'd written. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. And it's not like she's tragic because we couldn't know inside of her head. It's like right. because we couldn't leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> also, gross, Hugh Hefner purchased the plot next to Marilyn's 
grave. Ew. Isn't that the worst thing? Like to die and then have a man be like, I'm going to sit next to you. And you're like, come on. I'm going to be dead next to you. Leave me alone. I'm going to be as close to your bones as possible for eternity. Ugh. I mean, this is the right movie to discuss that. Oh, yeah. And this movie, Some Like It Hot, was Marilyn's last major role. Really? Yeah. She was in a couple films after, but this was the last, I think, like, critically acclaimed one. Oh, that's so sad. I know. Doesn't it add an air of... This is really... Like, it's so fun to watch her, and she's so... She's such a presence, but there's a lot of melancholy to it as well. And that is the end of my historical context for Some Like It Hot. Thank you so much. That was all incredibly interesting thank you thank you thank you this is phone notes in which we discuss the notes we took on our phones while watching the film and new edition we're trading notes Mm -hmm. so i'll be looking at liana's and Mm -hmm. she'll be looking at mine Mm -hmm. okay you say i swear to fuck if this is another mob movie (laughs) i know i was okay so you might see actually another note on mine early on that include the word Honk shoe. I see. Car chase. Honk shoe, honk shoe. <laughs> so that was because I was like, ah, crap. Mm-hmm. We're really starting with like, boom, pow, pow, cars. <laughs> they hop around genre-wise in this movie a lot. I think they do it well, but at the beginning, it's very much like gangs of Chicago, mob violence, bootlegging, yeah. smuggling liquor in a coffin, yeah. big guns. But I really liked the moment where they shot the coffin and then some liquid comes out. What did you think was happening? Because I had a very specific thought. What stuck out to me about this moment there. So there's like a car chase. They're shooting. Or they think, was it a hearse or was it just a, a fancy buggy? That's I think to all hold? cars in the past sort of looked like a hearse. They kind of functioned as hearses at any time because <laughs> they could hold a body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess ev- any car is a hearse. <laughs> if you think about it. There's a car chase going on and there, there's mob guys. And anyway, there's a coffin in one of the cars. The, the car is shot and they shoot the coffin as well. And liquid starts pouring out. And I'm seeing Liana's face because, you know, when you have a thought and you know you're going to say it out loud and you just know how dumb you're going to sound, but you're, you, you got to do it. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, swimming with the fishes. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I was like, so hang on. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. so no. swimming with the fishes, they tie center blocks to your feet, they throw you in the ocean, and then I guess they go get you in, the, in a coffin and keep some of the water. <laughs> and now water's coming out. Huh. Okay, okay. So first of all, the term is sleeping with the fishes. Oh my god. <laughs> Important. <laughs> sleeping with the fishes is just like a nice afternoon. <laughs> I see the math that your brain did where it was like coffin, dead, mob, mob things, water, fish. Fishes. But I'm seeing that also you were thinking the result is, okay, so this is... Sleeping with the fishes. So I was like, I didn't realize that they went and got you and scooped you up in a coffin after they sent you swimming. It's a whole it's a whole process, the sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, I guess it's like out of respect or like a proper burial. Like they're going to kill you, but then they'll still give you a coffin. You're just going to be super wet in it. I love that. Uh, and that's like seconds in. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Mr. President, we're taking an ad break right now. (laughs) We'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. And then it said... Chicago, 1929. Leanna says, I don't like this lining people up against a wall to shoot them. Makes me nauseous. Oh, I got so nauseous. That was really sad and It was brutal. upsetting. Okay, yeah. I'm glad to hear that from you as well. Mm-hmm. Because it always, firing squads, man, they are, it's nauseating to think about. The violent moments in this movie were very shocking to me. Yes. Because it's also a comedy, so they kind of deal with it pretty lightly. Yeah. This is the point when they're in the parking garage. Yeah, so they've they're they are out of a job because the speakeasy got raided, and so they're looking for more work. And they're borrowing this broad's car. This mm-hmm. woman that this guy is seeing, and he's like, "What are you doing tonight?" She's like, "Nothing." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, so your car's available?" Yeah. And by the way, an important thing that happened between these two <laughs> is uh, she was like, "You stood me up for a date," and after I baked you a pizza pie, you have it written right here. I made you a pizza pie. <laughs> And you didn't even come over. Oh, my God. And it's Chicago, so it's probably deep dish. Probably. That takes hours. 
And then he's like, ah, I should wring your neck. And I'm like, stop, stop it. They stop love it. saying that. Ugh. So they are going to borrow this woman's car, but it's in the garage where the St. Valentine's Day massacre is <laughs> happening. <laughs> Knowing that it's like a historical <laughs> moment now is kind of insane. Insane. And then because they've witnessed that, they're like, we have to flee. They decide to take this job that they've heard of for an all girls band, quote right. unquote girls. They're women. Very conveniently, this all female band needed a saxophonist. Mm-hmm. And a bass player. Mm-hmm. The two things they play. The tenor sax. And lo, Josephine and Daphne <laughs> arrive at the train station. <laughs> Calf first, much like Mark Strong in 1917. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very leg forward film. <laughs> There's so many legs in this movie. Yeah. The scene in the train car that's all legs. I, I know. Kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Two legs. It's honestly too many. Horror movie levels of <laughs> limbs. Mm-hmm. I think that the birth control pill came out in 1960. Okay. And no, this is, uh, this is going to sound weird. <laughs> Did people have less leg? <laughs> no, no, no. Just, you can kind of see, and it, I'm sure it's the Hayes codes as well, maybe more, but you can just see society shifts in terms of its media portrayal. Cause the sixties is like sex comedies, baby. Like ah. this movie felt so sixties. Ah. And it just felt like they knew the birth control pill was just around the <laughs> <It's> corner. <a> coming. <laughs> this legs film. out, ladies. Yeah. All the legs. Out all, and open. All the ass. All the boob. Yes. It was a shocking amount of boob. They were throwing ass. They were slinging tit. <laughs> Can we jump to when he is dressing up as the admiral and we will explain this later he dresses up as the admiral and he's like marilyn i can't kiss anyone because my first and only love (laughs) fell into a canyon (laughs) (laughs) this movie's a comedy (laughs) all right that's so funny it's so funny it's so funny to be making out with someone and then they fall into the grand canyon and the way it happens is he's like yeah i took a step towards her and then she took a step towards me and i was like wait were were you in the canyon like how did she fall it was implied also they just had marilyn scream and that's how they told us like oh my gosh so funny marilyn monroe is a comedic Mm -hmm. genius Mm -hmm. she was so funny Mm mm-hmm I was beaming during a lot of this movie, just watching Marilyn do her thing. She just, you get it when you see her. You're like, yeah. Charming, gorgeous. Her hair? How does her hair do that? How does it? I mean, it's one thing to just dye it blonde, but no one else's is going to sort of floof in front. It floofs. So light and... Perfectly. Like Ariel underwater is her hair. Exactly. Oh my God, I love her so much. Oh, yep. Here's a note from Liana. Marilyn. Marilyn. (laughs) Marilyn. Also... My grandmother's name is Marilyn. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Jack Lemon keeps comparing the women to desserts. Does he really? Yeah, I, I think I so. missed some more dialogue. Because he calls her, first of all, he's like, wow, she's like jello on legs. Oh, or jello on that. wheels. When they are just looking at her ass. Yeah, motorized yeah. jello, something like that. Jello on springs. Jello on springs. They say, oh, she's like jello on springs, and all the other women. I think it's just comparing her to a bunch of different treats and stuff. <laughs> anyway, they would have all these shots of these ladies having a good time but it was the shots were kind of there to have to show the guys looking at them because the comedy is it's like wow these two men find themselves in a place where women are really comfortable and boy are women hot when they're comfortable yeah so it's like um but because of that it's the only movie we've seen where women are like having a good time together 
Literally, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a trad in its own way of like, oh my God, women are having the best time. Oh no. <laughs> Not quite. So, so it's a little bit ruined. Yeah. And of course, like Marilyn is wearing like the sexiest pajamas. Everyone is in white. She's in this black negligee. Yeah. Oh my God. Marilyn was fucking hot as hell. Like She's I so hot. Wow. Every dress she wore. You're going to have to see my notes on that. Oh, baby. On Marilyn's dresses, Liana said, this Marilyn dress is dot, 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 inappropriate. <laughs> I see another one that says, how is this dress legal? <laughs> then this one is, Marilyn in this dress is making me feel things. I felt some things during this film. It's such raw boob. Raw boob. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. They are just presented. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, no bra, pointy in the way that boobs are actually pointy. Oh my God. Not the, y'all, this dress and they artfully shroud it with like a spotlight and it's just out of the spotlight. The the boob, the raw boob. That is so funny. <laughs> it's the perfect way. I'm thinking like, sh- oh my God, sugar in the raw. <laughs> oh, by the way, Marilyn's name is Sugar Cane. Uh-huh. This dress is unbelievable. She wears two of the same sort yeah. of style dress, one mm-hmm. white, one black later. And it's like, it's very, very skin tight. But then... I've never seen a dress do this. It's like sheer around the boobs. There's yeah. no bra and it's completely like suctioned. Yes. But it looks so good. It's just, it's just again, lifting. Just if you were to put a lift under raw boob. A gentle hold <laughs> oh, under gentle the raw hold. boob. So you can really see just all the, the curvature of the raw boob. The flow of the boob. Uncut boob. <laughs> Only nip covered, which was another thing where you're like, the haze codes I could have. not believe this was allowed. It's insane. I thought I was like imagining this amount of boob in a film. Why have I not seen this anywhere since? True. I've, I've never seen a dress like this ever. Can I say something? Please. I thought I would maybe look really good in that dress. <laughs> you would look really good. I do think I would. Like, where is it? Food for thought, everyone. <laughs> boob for thought. <laughs> okay, oh. I see a note here about Sweet Sue. The conductor, the conductor of the band in her robe. Madam Lady Conductor. Absolutely stressed. I love, this was the same as that director in Singing in the Rain who was so stressed out and you could just tell. And he was like, everyone shut up. <laughs> I, I obviously resonate with that energy. Of course, yeah. So deeply. Yeah, you said here, which I also remember her saying, she won't put up with two things during working hours. One, liquor. Two, men. I was like, girl, same. And then after hours? Both at the same time, baby. <laughs> gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. How did you feel about Tony Curtis? I didn't like Tony Curtis. Okay. I loved Daphne very much. Tony as Joe. He dresses up as Josephine, but then he also just dresses up as like a, an ambassador or an uh, admiral. Yeah. And so he falls. Well, actually, here's something important. Is oh. he, is? Sorry, I've interrupted you. I loved it. Oh, um, something important is that we find out probably the stupidest plot point mm. of the film is the fact that Marilyn Monroe's character, Sugar Kane, mm-hmm. she admits to Josephine, mm-hmm. Joe mm-hmm. slash Tony Curtis, mm-hmm. that, oh, she just can't help but fall in love with saxophone players. Every time I meet a sax player, I just go crazy for him. You thought that was stupid? Yeah. I was like, I get it. <laughs> Not saxophone, but replace tenor sax with tall haunted. A very specific. It's the oh. same thing. Okay. And she never learns. It's the yeah. same problem over and over it's again. Always They're the same. never nice to her. Yep. Oh, but wow. While, during that conversation, he so, finds out that she really wants to marry a millionaire. So on the beach in Miami, he dresses up. He somehow finds a full costume of a million, like millionaire. And he's like, hi, I'm Shell Oil. Yeah. He does sort of like a 
Do you know Cary Grant? Have you listened to No, but the reading told me that he was doing a Cary Grant oh, accent. Okay. It was clear to me that it was supposed to be Cary Grant, but it was like oh. sort of a Cary Grant slash Australian. Mm-hmm. To say he was from a foreign country was also not correct at mm-hmm. all. It was deeply American and <laughs> also b- British at the same time. <laughs> Wait, what did the guy keep saying? The millionaire who's into. Oh, it was like hot cha. It was a Z. Hot dog. I wrote it somewhere. Zowie. Zap zap. Oh, (laughs) Zowie. Sorry. The moment where Tony Curtis is on the phone, he's like, what's that you say? Oh, (laughs) Zowie. That man's mouth was so big. It was huge. Uh Yeah, this is my impression of him. (laughs) Her mouth is open so wide. I tell you I won biggest mouth in the third grade. (laughs) No, it hasn't come up. (laughs) I say one, like there was a prize. I was going to say, who What was the, who threw the competition? I heard everyone line up. <laughs> yeah, the teacher was like, it's the annual biggest mouth. <laughs> no, we were, I don't know, we were talking about like biology or anatomy or something. And it was like, okay, time to measure everyone's mouth. <laughs> and mine was the biggest. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. You wrote, why was everyone so impressed with Psycho? This is way bloodier and sexier. Isn't it, though? Psycho was supposed to be so amazing because it had blood, which was like a drop of chocolate sauce. Yes. And it had boob and people making out. Blood and boob. The the level of boob and makeout. Okay, we got to talk about that boat scene. Oh, mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Tony Curtis's character as the admiral, mm-hmm. this is another place for the tricking women. We'll save it for my tragedies, but yeah. He's like, oh, I've never been able to feel anything. Women have never made me feel a thing. Ever since my girlfriend fell into a canyon. <laughs> I, when I kissed my girlfriend, she fell into a canyon. And since then, <laughs> I haven't been able to kiss another woman and feel a thing. And Marilyn's like, well, have you ever tried an American woman? And he's like, That's oh, weird. no. <laughs> no, I guess I haven't because I've tried wherever I'm from. Like, well, what about this? How's this working? And then she just keeps kissing him. Wait, why weren't they American if they were at the Grand Canyon? <laughs> I have so many questions, but everyone in this movie was dumb, so it didn't matter. Anyway, yes. They make out. By the way, Marilyn is wearing one of these boob dresses. Boob dress. Raw boob. Things are wiggling. Things are... Oh, my God. (laughs) Rippling. I'm I'm really having a hard time focusing because I'm thinking about this dress and her in it. And she's just so gorgeous. Like, I just... I just... She's just so gorgeous. Uh, And she's got a really, like, lovely personality. Yeah, I just love her so much. You're just so drawn to her. And hilarious. She's the whole package. Love you, Marilyn. I mean, they make out good. Mm -hmm. Well, she makes out good. They don't. No, I want to hear. What's your take? What's your take? (laughs) Just like I was just noticing the level of arm rotation she was doing. There was a lot of arm. There was more arm than probably the haze codes would permit. Yeah. Um, The mouths were still like it was still face pressing together. Oh, really? In order to smooch. But the boob was the boob was out. There was no back to that dress. (gasps) Yes, I wrote so much boob, and then I also wrote so much back and ass. Oh, they really got the the back into the ass, like that very that moment, mm-hmm. that moment, that, <laughs> the fashion moment of back into ass. There's a moment in everybody's back where it turns into your ass once in every girl's life. <laughs> her back will turn into her ass. This dress highlighted <gasps> the back to ass transition. In a way where I was like, I didn't realize that was a, that, I mean, that it's working. I mean, with this, should we jump right into badges? I think so. Okay. This is a segment we call Badges and Tragedies, where yeah. we give badges for things that we really loved in the film mm-hmm. and tragedies for things that were just tragic. Yes, we went, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. 
Badge for all the funeral and booze puns possible. I got a badge for thanks ever so. <laughs> this is like early when they're dressed up as women. And I think Daphne's like, oh, thanks ever so. And I loved it. There were so many good lines in this movie. Uh, badge for bootleggers drinking buttermilk. Oh, I missed that. At the beginning, they made it smart. They were like, oh, you're smart enough not to drink your own stuff. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to drink our own booze if the cops come. Instead, we'll be drinking buttermilk. Oh, I thought it was just regular milk. He went, bleh, buttermilk. Oh, oh. oh. I got a badge for the accuracy of women telling each other their full life stories in the bathroom. Because <sighs> that's real. It kind of got, there's some level of women that it got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that scene, the overnight on the train, I was like, a lot of this is very women. Yeah. I felt quite like, um... That meme of Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, where she's just like, women. <laughs> okay, I got a badge for women on a team. Oh, I love it. I have a badge for telling a child to get out of the chair you want to sit in. <laughs> when did that happen? That's when the admiral is on the beach and he's like, move it, kid. And he hits him with a newspaper. Move. I got a badge for Jack Lemon is so funny. Yeah. He's really funny. Badge for lots of sparkles. <gasps> oh, that's nice for you. Ooh, so many. Badge for train beds. I love a bed on a train. I love a bed on a train. <gasps> it's so charming. I want to sleep on a train. It's so cozy. Remember that show Run? I was so excited because it was beds on train. We really thought that that's what the show was going to oh, be. Oh, beds on train. Very disappointing. Really was not. <sighs> Badge for this tango scene is genuinely very funny. The tango was so love, funny. Nothing makes me laugh more than when one person has the rose in their mouth and then they flip around and the other person got that rose in their mouth. I have a badge for how happy these women are to do everything together. Okay, these women were so happy. They were having a great time. The women on the beach when they were oh. in the ocean. <laughs> I've never seen women look that happy all at the same time, all at the same level. They just love hanging out with each other. Oh, It just felt like I would love to be there. In a lot of ways, it was a utopia. Yeah. Mm. I have a badge for an absolutely massive cake. Huge. This cake was enormous. And honestly, it gets an additional badge for being also a murder cake. <sighs> because you know that trope of like a woman jumps out of a cake and is dancing? Yeah, no, no. In this one, a man with a machine gun jumps out of the cake and is doing murder. The gender exploration that this movie does is just like so nuanced. It's on levels that we can't, non-visual. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like 2001 A Space Odyssey levels yeah. of incomprehensible. <laughs> But this was actually, like, good. Yeah, it, it felt good. <laughs> I got a badge for funny lines. I cannot... This gets two badges mm. for me, honestly, in terms of the funny, funny lines. There were so many good ones. I wrote, for example, you're barking up the wrong fish. <laughs> yeah. So good. I have a badge for very fast costume changes. I love, 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 love any sort of farce where they, like, run behind one door and then they come out of a different door in a completely different outfit. Yes. Oh, I love it. It just, it's fun. Yeah, they sprinkled that in. It's very nice. Badge for legitimately sexy. Up to you guys if this is good or bad for you. Mm. But that is something this movie it delivers on. I have one final badge. Okay. Which is the last line of the film. I loved the ending of this movie. So they are fleeing the mob once again because the mob is at this hotel for an opera convention. And the two boys, Joe and Jerry, are fleeing. And Jerry is engaged as Daphne to Osgood. And then Joe tells Sugar the truth. And she's like, I don't care. I want to go with you anyway. Actually, he kisses her as Joseph Josephine. And she's like, cool. She's incredible. Wow, that was great. It was beautiful. She chases after, she bikes after him. They all get on the speedboat to go on Osgood's yacht. And at that point, Osgood's like, my, I told my mother we're going to get married. It's so great. And Jerry is like, 
we actually like really can't get married. Like I smoke all the time. I lived with a jazz, uh, a tenor sax for years. I can't have kids. I can't have kids. And then he takes off his wig and he's like, I'm a man. And the end line of the film is, well, nobody's perfect. Wow. 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 (laughs) I said, okay. 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 I know. Yeah. Good. It was just fun and good. And just so accepting. There was so much acceptance in this movie. That is so true. They didn't, it's not making any statements really. It's just like playing around and they keep things surface level and then accept. Like you Mm -hmm. said, they're probably going to get married. I love it. I love it. Have you found a millionaire to marry? Neither have we. We got to read some ads. Wait, How to Marry a Millionaire is is a different one, right? That she might be in. I have no idea. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. 
So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Okay. Yes, this film was so much. It was so much good. Mm -hmm. We do, of course, have to acknowledge some trages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll kick it off. Okay. I got a trage for appropriation of Hawaiian culture. (laughs) This was a blink and you'll miss it moment, but they they are pitching themselves as musicians. They're like, we can do anything. We can do any kind of show. Remember when we went to Hawaii, we wore grass skirts and he does sort of like a hula Mm. thing. I got a trudge for the sexy, glamorous sleepwear Mm -hmm. that Marilyn wears. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm all for a good time. But it was just a little bit like, all right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a trudge for a close-up on a woman's ass. This is how Marilyn is introduced in the film. And it is very, very male gaze heavy. And this ties into the the sort of bigger trudge of like, yes, this movie was so fun. And yes, it was like mainly just like a fun romp caper thing. But there were still times where it was just like men objectifying women. Yeah. And there wasn't anything deeper than that. Yeah. Like, again, a lot of the good comes out of that it was kind of a creepy, the creepy premise mm-hmm. allowed for us to have some fun. Yeah. I got a trage for men tricking women. And this yes. actually gets two trages for me because it's just, I really, it makes me so uncomfortable to watch. I was surprised at how not horribly cringy it was for the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it doesn't feel, like the fact that he tells her he doesn't know, he's never wanted to kiss a woman and you yeah. know like just let her in it's yeah. actually it actually is sexual assault if you're not letting the other person in on yeah what's happening like if you deceive someone yes. into if you coerce them into the coercion and the deceit yeah. which is just what it's all based on and uh, you know so in those areas it was like uh, Ugh. and you she sort she, of can like reclaim her power and that like she's also deceiving him she's like i went to a right. conservatory and it ends up that it she wants to be with okay. him. But that's the thing is it's like she wants to have sex with you. So like you don't just be mm-hmm. you're choosing to deceive her. You're choosing to be a millionaire. You know, like we yeah. didn't even check in with her about how she she wants to be with a saxophonist. Like that's you, you can be that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I have a trage for a man seeing a man in drag and being attracted to that person and using all of that as a punchline. That is a trope we see often. They even do it in like Paddington and in Paddington Mm. too. Like a man will be in women's clothes and a different man will be like, she was gorgeous. And it's like, oh, ha ha, how funny. Uh And I, it never sits right with me. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I did have a trage for, for the saxophone player fetish being so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's very silly. Because it's a silly joke and I get it. It just felt like a slightly different tone of silly than the rest of it Mm. where I'm like, that's so stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is. It, is, it does feel like something that would be like for a bit role in a musical or something like that. Yes. That level of like silly. Yeah. It didn't feel like a main character. Yeah. Trait. Exactly. Mm. My last one is a trage for literally a woman gets like assaulted in an elevator. This is when Daphne is in the elevator with Osgood, the millionaire. Yeah. And they first meet and he's like, bellhop, like take us up to the second floor and don't turn around. And then they come back down and you don't see anything because it's just the elevator doors. But the implication is that he's like groped her in the elevator. And again, that's the part where it's like, oh, this almost could have been like so perfectly just fun and good. And like if they had just met a millionaire who wasn't like a total creep. But then it's like she ends up having to go on a date with him and then he ends up proposing and they completely overlook the like very uncomfortable non-consensual stuff in the elevator when they first met yeah and and so that was again there there are moments that linger and are like oh right and they're very accepting of the dynamic that is like it is 
It is right. hell. Yeah. And women are the ones who have to stop the men's advances. Mm-hmm. And this is what always happens. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, here's the process. Yeah, it's tough. There are a couple moments, too, where it'll be like, oh, it's funny because he's getting his ass slapped like yes. any woman does every day. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, Why was that other is- man slapping her ass? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. We learn, like, the men learn a little bit, but they don't learn enough to be like, I guess we should stop other men from doing this. Yeah, that's definitely not the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's other things that end up being cool at the end, yeah. but it's like one ends up getting married to a millionaire. <laughs> who uh, assaulted him earlier, yeah. who groped him earlier. And then one gets the girl who he tricked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My final trage is creepy men slash being a woman is terrifying. Being a woman is bad. <laughs> so that's what it's showing. <laughs> it is interesting in that way mm-hmm. and fun in that way in some ways. But also, yeah, you're aware like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, ugh, mm-hmm. now it's time for our segment, How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for You Are... On a yacht, at a yacht party. Oh, yeah. On a big yacht. And Joe is coming up to you, and he's saying, oh, my God, I got a girl onto a yacht once. Let me tell you how I did it. It went a little something like this. And then he's about to recount the entire plot of Some Like It Hot. You're like, oh, my God, Joe, that was your end to this movie? Oh, yikes. Here are a few sentences you could say to Joe to pretend that you've seen the film. Some Like It Hot. <laughs> Joe, I really like how Some Like It Hot is sort of like a spoof of just the classic, vapid, screwball comedy. Mm. Sorry, Joe, can you hold for just a sec? I have to just adjust my raw boob. (laughs) Joe, I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to say it first. That Marilyn Monroe, what a woman. This is a way you could exit the conversation is you play this track on your phone and you go ass first out of the combo. (laughs) Let's change our theme song to just that. (laughs) Hi, welcome to Toss Popcorn. They'll get too turned on to listen. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Joe, let me stop you again. I know exactly what you're going to say to me. Marilyn Monroe played a dumb blonde, but in reality, she somehow wasn't a total complete idiot like she played on screen, even though most women stupid i think the director of this movie said something almost verbatim to that people are always like can you believe she's actually smart it's like, yeah uh, yes uh, women are smart oh my gosh default smart default especially a woman who's successful at her career like yes oh my god okay speaking of being successful in your career uh-huh. now let <laughs> us move on to our beloved segment should you watch this or This is the segment in which we will tell you if we think you should watch this movie or if you should do something else with your time. Liana, what do you think? Okay. I love Marilyn. I think you could watch like a supercut of Marilyn in this movie and Jack Lemmon's tango scene. It was so, so funny. And then what you could do is you could get yourself an outfit that is as empowering to you as the raw boob dress was hopefully empowering to Marilyn, where you look so unbelievably good. And you just put that on and you shake your ass while uh, some instrument, what is it, a trombone, goes wah, 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 wah. <laughs> That sounds like a great night. Invite the girlies over. You could be alone. <laughs> I would say similarly, this movie was super funny. If you're in the mood and interested, go for it. Oh, but A good approach to many things in life. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I actually just really recommend you watch one sequence Ooh, from one? this, which actually, can we act out really fast? Okay. <laughs> do you want to be Marilyn or do you want to be him? I think your Marilyn is better. Who's him? When he's playing sort of a Cary Grant. Oh, heck, you're better at both of these. Okay, I'll try. You can, you be Marilyn. Thank do you, you remember the sequence? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. She's just met him on the chair that he kicked yeah, yeah, a child yeah. out of. Okay, this is my favorite sequence from the movie. Tell me, who runs up that flag? Your wife? No, my flag stored. Who mixes the cocktails? Your wife? No, my cocktail stored. Look, if you're interested in whether I'm married or not... Oh, I'm not interested at all. Well, I'm not. <gasps> That's very interesting. Sounds like it has. That's just funny. That's fun. Besides that, I guess just watch the entirety of the show Smash. Oh, bring it back. Season three, baby. <laughs> if we're trying to save you time, then just watch two seasons. Two full seasons. Yeah. Of the show. Save it, you two hours. Try to tell the two? difference between when the Gossip Girl writers took over and it's pretty clear. <laughs> Someone gets hit by a bus. <laughs> the lights on Broadway go down. <laughs> it's gonna... What would you rate the film? Some like it hot. I feel good about giving this movie a three out of five raw boobs. That's exactly what I'm giving it. Let's say it at the same time. A three three out, out, out of, of five, five raw boobs. boobs. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I thought Marilyn was amazing to watch. I thought a lot of the jokes were very, very fun. And it just couldn't quite get all the way up there because I was actually upset by the violence. And the creepiness is so overwhelming at times that yeah. it does make it hard to fully enjoy. It's not an all-the-time movie if you're not trying to with that right mm. now. But it was the first one that was maybe just a joy yeah. <laughs> to watch today. It was nice. Yeah. It was way more pleasant than anything, almost anything else on this list, I think, has it was been. a fun time. And Marilyn, she deserves her legend title. I mean, oh. she's... But also leave her alone. Like, stop, yeah. re stop reading her journal. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Agreed. <laughs> well, everybody, that's it for Some Like It Hot. Thank you so much for listening. We are all over social media, at Tossed Popcorn on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Clash, if you can believe it. And if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app. It makes such a difference. We really appreciate it. And tune in next week when we'll be watching The Grapes of Wrath. Evil grapes. They're so angry. I wonder if that movie will be like this movie. Oh, probably. Surely a raw boob will sing. Oh no, I just called Marilyn a raw boob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the problem. Okay, everyone. As we say in every episode. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Oh, we didn't say what's her name's best line. Sweet Sue's. What was it? Idiot broads. <laughs> Us. Us. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 